We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the Week 14 Start Sit Show. And this is this is the money week, man. Uh, this is the week where uh, a lot of dreams are going to come true or die uh, an untimely death when it comes to the big redraft contests at my FFPC. Or you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you're not sweating lineup decisions, and you're just sweating out you know entry into the you know tournament rounds of a best ball uh, format, something like that. No matter what, I mean, you've got some interests here and in some of the projections for. Uh, the most controversial start sits of this week, and maybe even have some Thursday night start sit conundrums that you've got to get addressed. Dave and I definitely fit into that category because we've got a main event team that's fighting for a title tonight that has a Pittsburgh Steeler uh, situation going on. We've got a Fantasy Pros Championship team that we co-owned with a listener, and we've got a, a start sit conundrum there affected by Thursday night football. And then we've got, you know, all of our own individual uh, lineups to look at. We're also taking questions. So if you've got your own lineup conundrum that you're dealing with, post it in the chat. We'll get to it in a few minutes after we selfishly take care of our own teams <laughs> first. I mean, <laughs> so Dave, it's <laughs> that, that time of year. It's that time of we're year. We're going to do two, man. Yep. We're going we're gonna to do two. And then, you know, we'll be kind of doing the rest of our lineups in the background while we help out the, the listeners here tuning in. Yep. I see we already have some questions flowing in. So thanks, guys. Uh, okay. So the first big one, Dave, this is Rotoviz, Curtis, and Dave 3 on FFPC. We already locked up the regular season title with this one. So we're just playing for extra money. And I mean, I want that money. I want that money, Dave. So <laughs> as do uh, I. Yes. Yes. It, it would be we, nice. Out of the interest of our listeners, let's just deal with the dilemma of the Steeler and Patriot and not go over this entire lineup. Yep. The big decision we have to make in this game, we have Ezekiel Elliott on our bench um, and we have Deontay Johnson on our bench. And I tweeted out the other day a game split where Deontay Johnson actually has been far more productive with Mitchell Trubisky than Kenny Pickett over the past couple of years. And then we know Ezekiel Elliott should get some increased run uh, Sands, Ramondre Stevenson. If we were going to play Zeke, it would likely be over Brees Hall. 
because uh, we're not going to sit Christian McCaffrey or Kyron Williams. Um, if we're going to play Deontay Johnson, it would be over Cortland Sutton or Adam Thielen. So I need your help from the GLSP here, Dave, so I can set this in. Sure. So what we will take a look at here are the distributions that we have You'll actually see, Curtis, that Elliott and Johnson, it's a fairly similar distribution, uh, especially at the high end, where you can break that tie a little bit is there's more of a downside for Zeke than there is for Johnson. If you look in the 10 to 15 bucket, what you'll see is that 37% of Johnson's matches finished in there, just 20% of Elliott's. So you see about you know 17% more in the buckets that we're more interested in uh, for Johnson than for Elliot. So I would Let's be, take a look then. Let, I, I want to add a layer to this thing yep. because I certainly have no problem sitting both of these players in this game, but you know how it is, man. This low game total automatically means that 70 points are going to get scored tonight. Like that's just <laughs> how it works. Yeah. Um, but let's look at Brees Hall and uh, Adam Thielen because uh, Adam Thielen is facing the Saints who've been pretty stingy to opposing wide receivers if, if we have a downside case for either of those guys, then we can worry about putting Zeke or Deontay into the lineup. Um, but if we're not worried about these two players, then I think we can just move on to our fantasy pros lineup. Sure. So what you see here, again, this is a pretty similar one, Curtis, slight advantage um, for Adam Thielen in the 15 to 20 bucket. Uh, Brees Hall with an advantage in the 10 to 15, which means... And then actually you kind of see a swap between them at the five and 10. The average here in PPR scoring for Thielen is at eight. Brees Hall, it's just at 7.7. So you have Thielen facing off against the Saints. You've got Hall against Houston. The GLSP does not necessarily help us make that final decision there. So we almost kind of have to think about what game scripts could look like uh, as we try to make that as well. Yeah, I think the fear with the Jets and the Texans is that the Jets get boat raced. I mean, um, and if I'm looking at the NFL Stat Explorer uh, uh, matchup analysis tab here, um, the Houston Texans have allowed just the 24th most rushing attempts over the past five weeks, the 27th most rushing yards, and the 28th most yards per carry. Um, They haven't allowed a rushing touchdown over the past three weeks. Joe Mixon last uh, got into the end zone against them. They are allowing um, top half of the league in receptions per game to the running back position. Um, But we did see Dalvin Cook get a little bit more involved again in this backfield last week. We've got the switch back to Zach Wilson. I mean, I hate the idea of sitting Brees Hall, but no opposing running back has rushed for more than 62 yards over the last four weeks or eclipsed 12.5 PPR over the last four weeks. What I can also add to that is that uh, in looking through the passing game matchup Raider stats last night and, and working on part one of the article, this looks like a pretty good matchup for Adam Thielen. He performed very well when the teams met. I believe it was in week two last year. Matchup Raider likes his chances. So um, sitting Brees Hall does not feel like something that we would, were hoping that we would be doing this week, but I think that we might be doing so in favor, favor of Thielen. So, 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 okay, so if we say that we're going to, rank Thielen over Brees Hall for this week, then I think we now then have to compare Brees Hall to Ezekiel Elliott and Deontay Johnson. Um, When I look at this Pittsburgh Steelers defense, well, one thing the GLSP does not know is that Ramondre Stevenson's not playing. Correct. So, so I think it might be worth looking at Ramondre's projection as well, just to kind of anecdotally 
uh, or directionally have an idea what's going on. And I'm, while you're doing that, I'm looking in the matchup analysis tab here on Zeke. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, over the past five weeks have allowed James Conner and Derrick Henry, um, who both are a little bit more in that kind of ground pound category at this point in their careers. Both of them eclipse 19.2 points. Uh, in the past five weeks, the Steelers are allowing the 14th most rushing attempts. Uh, I've allowed four rushing touchdowns in the past five weeks. And um, it seems like a little bit of a better matchup than the Texans for opposing running backs of late, to be honest. Um, and if we look at Zeke's actual uh, recent performance, you know, he was RB15 last week. It wasn't pretty, but he had 17 rushes for 52 yards and he caught four balls for 40 yards. I mean, this could be check down city, no Ramondre. I mean, I, I kind of like Zeke over Brees. So I, that's that's my takeaway. Let's see what you found on Ramondre and the tool here, and then we can discuss uh, Zeke versus Deontay again. Sure. So Ramondre and Zeke actually with a fairly similar outlook when you look across their distribution. So both players would be favored over Brees Hall based on the GLSP this week. The other thing that I do want to take a look at kind of combine some of that, right? Because I mean, we're not really splitting the opportunity. Correct. You do have 50% of Stevenson's matches finding the end zone via rushing as well, which I think would be another thing that you could point to. I personally don't feel too great about New England's offense's chances in this game tonight. Um, Of course, I am somewhat clouded here being a Patriots fan. Um, so I would let you, you know, kind of steer us there if you think that Johnson over uh, Elliott is is the way that we want to go there, assuming that Brees Hall is out of the equation, which I think that he is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ugly, man. It's ugly. Like, it's so weird to think about starting Ezekiel Elliott um, in a money matchup, but we can't just go with the names anymore. Like, I mean, we just haven't gotten much from Brees. I mean, he had the huge game in week five and we haven't seen much. I mean, we really haven't seen much since then. He's basically been a 10 point per week guy. He did have the, he did score against Buffalo back in week 11, but it's been really pedestrian. Like he's been, a, he's been a no ceiling, you know, RB two, three floor for the past month and a half now. Yeah. Um, <sighs> All right. I think then I think it sounds like we're going Elliot. <laughs> I still can't make myself feel good about it, but I think, I think we do it. Here's the additional, here's the additional context here. So if we look at the matchup, we are favored. Um, we're favored by 30 points in this matchup. Our opposing player, our opposing um, manager uh, has Kyler Murray on by and is going to have to start Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. Yep. So I do feel good about Zeke's volume floor this week. So let's not, let's just not pass up on that. Okay. And then I think we can leave Deontay out um, and not put our faith in Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. I don't feel compelled to play Johnson. So I, I think that works. So anything else that we need to. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at our, let's look at our fantasy pros championship team real quick. Cause I think we have a George. Yes. We have a George Pickens correct decision there. And, and I think there's probably have, a lot of people wondering about George Pickens, right? So, yes. And we have some Deontay questions in the chat as well. So we'll have to probably stay. And we actually have Pickens um, questions in the chat as well. So now we're going to get two birds with one stone sure. here. Jalen Warren question and Jacoby Myers as well. So now we're kind of getting into Thursday night game. 
Yep. On, on this team that we're talking about, Dave, if we if we were to sit George Pickens, our only options right now um, would be Josh Kelly or Royce Freeman or Jeff Wilson because we've got Christian Kirk, who we got clarity on now since the the waiver. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the waiver uh, process. And so we can make a bid for Sunday. I do have a bid in for us on Michael Gallup um, as a potential, you know, Hey, Brandon Cooks got hurt or CD lamb got hurt. Gallup would have a lot of value in the playoffs. So I'm adding him to kind of replace Christian Kirk. So for, for me, it's kind of like, do we like Pickens or Gallup? I think would be our decision. I'm, I'm comfortable that we'll win the bid yep. and then we can, then we can answer X four Y Z zeros question okay so we want to look i'm sorry then we're looking at pickens versus um gallup michael gallup okay okay so that one uh fairly similar although you actually have a bit of an edge for michael gallup which i was not expecting a lot of that comes because you see because 46 percent of pickens matches went between five and ten points he also had 33 underneath five gallup had 36 under five but just 32 in that five to 10 bucket. Uh, he's favored by 0.1 points in terms of average. Now, I don't think that you're excited about playing either of those and you're kind of splitting hairs there. The one thing I think that you could point to is that there's a lot more reason to feel like you could kind of get a touchdown for Gallup or something like that as an ancillary piece of a better Cowboys offense than what you might see from Pickens and the Steelers tonight. Uh, but I'm not firm on on that. I want uh, to play Pickens. Okay. I want to play Pickens here. I think he's a higher um, value option in the offense and over the past. I know it's like it's weird, kind of digesting this, but the the Patriots have actually allowed the fourth most PPR points to opposing wide receivers over the past five weeks. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, they're allowing almost sixteen receptions to opposing wide receivers per game. Um, and I would like Pickens over Deontay to score a touchdown. And this is just a different equation than the other one that we were looking at here. Um, you know, these are both kind of tertiary op- options at best in their, in their offenses, but we've seen, uh, Tyree kill Jahan Dotson, Michael Pittman, Jalen highlight and Keenan Allen. So kind of a wide spread of talent in fantasy efficiency this year, all get to double digit PPR over the past five weeks. So. I like rolling the dice on Pickens here uh, for our particular team now. All right, cool. Now let's look at Pickens versus Jalen Warren and Jacoby Myers for a listener. All right. So you got, let's take a look at Pickens and Myers first. Um, Jacoby Myers, I think is, is the clear favorite here. Given what you see from the GLSP, I would have him as the favorite as well. So I don't think we really need to drill in too much more there on Myers, unless you want to pause the bricks there for a second. I meant drilling more on Pickens. I think it's going to be between Myers and Warren. No, I mean, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think it's okay. I mean, Myers has been very, very steady. He did have his best game, um, very steadily involved in the offense, I should say. He did have a month where he was less effective, but he had 679 in a touch last week against the Chiefs, or his last game against the Chiefs, rather. They're on by last week, so... Um, he looks to be back on kind of that early season track. I'm fine with that. Jalen Warren, I think is going to be a tougher call. Sure. Yeah. And it is because you do see, uh, in an average outing, Jacoby Myers getting to somewhere around 10 and a half Jalen Warren at 10.1, but there is a little bit more upside for Jalen Warren, uh, when you look beyond 15 points. So I think to help us kind of break that tie, I want to take a quick look at Warren's individual stat line. Around 30% of his matches scored rushing touchdowns. They averaged about 12 attempts with 50 yards. In this matchup with New England, I think that probably lines up with what you might expect. Uh, if we take a quick look at Myers here, his average stat line would show us that only 20% of his matches found the end zone against teams like Minnesota on about four receptions and 48 yards. So this is a very difficult one to break, Curtis. If I were forced to choose here between these guys, it's half PPR, so actually I probably should have been looking at those numbers. It's super close, but I think I'm going to give the slight edge to Warren. I, I, I was going to go Myers, so I think we're split here. Um, but I was kind of re- on the fence, so I think that yeah. we could say the answer for this listener is probably Myers then. Yeah, the reason I'm going that direction is we did see a little bit of a shift in the Steelers' offense last week in the first game without uh, Matt Canada. It looked like they were leaning back into Najee Harris as a little bit more of a 1A. It was it had kind of become a split committee a little bit, but we saw Harris get 16 carries and three targets. Jalen Warren had just one target and only about half of the carries. Um, you know, we think there's a, a low total uh, points um, for this game uh, tonight. And I think, you know, the, the Raiders game is going to be a different environment. So, you know, it's if, and then if we look at the actual matchup against the Patriots specifically, um, they've allowed the 29th most PPR per game over the past five games, just 16 points per game allowed to opposing running backs. And in um, their three last games specifically, uh, they've, they've allowed 14.7, 8. 8.8, and 9.2 total to opposing teams running back rooms not just the lead running back the running back rooms that does include a game against Saquon Barkley uh and and Austin Eckler so um you know we basically would have to bet on Jalen Warren scoring a touchdown I would rather bet on the volume that Jacoby Myers is okay I think that's the answer then for this listener All all right next one here sit one 
We got to sit Godwin, Deontay, Elijah Moore, or Gabe Davis. He's leaning towards Godwin. Um, we can dial up a little bit of help on this. That's kind of my gut here too. Uh, and mostly just because, you know, we haven't really seen, you know, we haven't seen much upside from him in like seven weeks now. It's, it's, it's uh, been a while. In fact, if I just pivot over here quickly and we just do a simple exercise, go to the graph tabs on the Monday review tool, pop in PPR and then pull up Chris Godwin. Uh, what you're going to see is not a lot of points. In fact, since week nine, he's been under 10 points. Maybe he he matched it or, or somewhere around there in week 11. But really, we have not seen any of the above 10-point performances from him since week eight. So he's definitely been kind of stagnating. Um, the passing game matchup Raider paints a decent outlook for him this week. It's a little bit better than what you would see from Mike Evans. But I think when I was, I forget if I wrote about them last night or not, but my, my kind of takeaway was that I'm still not really sold. Even if you, if you, you know, control for the matchup that I really like Godwin as a trustable option this week. Uh, you know, we've talked some about Deontay. I know Elijah Moore has a pretty good matchup, even with the quarterback situation there. I think that he actually has a better look this week. Uh, then Godwin and Gabe Davis, I don't think I'd want to pull out of my lineup. So I'll, I'll let you kind of share some thoughts there for a minute too. No, I'm, I'm fine with Godwin here as well. I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at his weekly stat explorer. He's actually only finished above. Uh, he's only finished as a wide receiver two or wide receiver one twice in 12 games uh, this year. And in his previous matchup against Atlanta, he scored just 12.6 PPR, which doesn't sound very impressive, but it's actually, that would actually have been more than he, he had managed in any of the past five weeks. He really just seems to have been kind of phased out as a, primary option this Buccaneers offense is really just driving through Mike Evans and Rashad White and uh, I, I think the K um, is dead on um, with that when I see a little bit more upside for all of those other players I'm gonna go out of order on the questions here sure. just to make sure we hit the Thursday night ones yep um, and we'll come back around so need two between Brees Keaton Mitchell and Jalen Warren we've already looked at Brees Keaton Mitchell uh, or and Jalen Warren let's look at Keaton Keaton Mitchell um, I would be Brees over Jalen Warren, but we just need to look at Keaton Mitchell here. Sure. Um, let me pull that up quickly. So we got Brees Hall, Keaton Mitchell. Oh, wow. Look at that. It's already in there. Um, Keaton Mitchell actually is favored in the yeah. GLSP this week, as uh, pointed out to us uh, earlier in the chat. We talked some about Brees. I think that for Keaton Mitchell, um, if you take a look at his individual outlook, we might be able to get a little bit more context as to why some of his players hit the top end. You do see 40% of his matches finding rushing touchdowns, limited target uh, potential, but 54 yards on 11 attempts. And in total, Curtis, it's only 13% of his matches going beyond 50, but, or, or excuse me, beyond 15, but we didn't see a lot of upside for Brees Hall this week. That said, I take a look at the outlook for Mitchell against the Rams. We talked earlier about Hall's outlook against the Texans, I believe it is. I'm still not, based upon this, going to move Brees Hall to the bench in favor of Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, so where are you on Keaton Mitchell versus Warren? I'm probably, I think, leaning Mitchell over yeah, I, Warren. I think I think I would, too. Um, I think I would, too. They're, they're kind of similar plays here, but I like the Rams matchup just slightly better. 
And if I look at the types of backs that have been able to get the production on the Rams lately, um, Aaron Jones and Jerome Ford having a handful of receptions. Actually, actually over the past five weeks, the Rams have allowed the fifth most receptions to opposing running backs. Now, we haven't really seen Mitchell get a lot of volume, but he has had some big plays on those receptions. And, And watching that Browns game against the Rams, they did give up a couple chunk plays to running backs, but the Browns, for whatever reason, just wouldn't commit to the run. Uh, Pierre Strong had a nice uh, bursty run as well. So I like I like Mitchell to have a couple chunk plays, um, and I'm just not sure if we get that out of the Pittsburgh Steelers' backs tonight. I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, that, that's why, you know, there's a show dedicated to this. Um, we can't offer any guarantees, but Dave and I are both saying Brees and Keaton here. Looks like he's uh, also... Whitaker. Looks yeah. like he's also got Jaden Reed. So let me just quickly pull up Jaden Reed just to give a little bit of yeah. context here because Reed actually has been a fairly useful player. I've had a couple of weeks where I've had to pop in the lineup and oh, yeah. you know, he hasn't, I've hasn't been starting him. Yeah. So I've been starting six targets, 40 or excuse me, 4.1 receptions by his matches, 30% finding the end zone for 47 yards, a PPR average Curtis of 10.9 points, which isn't bad and a somewhat decent distribution uh, getting 16% between 15 to 20 and does get 10% of his matches beyond 20, just 14% under five. And I think that actually, if we look at all wide receivers this week, Jaden Reed probably coming in somewhere as like a fringe wide receiver three. So uh, you could certainly do a lot worse than him this week. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I like it. I think I'd probably go the two backs. Mm-hmm. I over, think I would too. Over. Yeah. All right. That catches us up on the chat for Thursday night questions. Uh, Mike Gonzalez, he's been a regular on here this year. He's got Monty in the revenge game against the Bears or Pollard in a tough matchup. This is an interesting one. Hmm. Monty in a revenge game or oh, I like this one. He's had yeah. some he's had some dilemmas this year with very good players, which I always think are very fun ones because you don't normally get to you know do comparisons like this. So we got Pollard and David Montgomery. I will punch them in here to the GLSP to the running back comparison tab. All right, Tony Pollard, an average of thirteen PPR. David Montgomery, just nine point two. We see a pretty large disparity to Curtis when you look at the uh, 10 to 15 bucket down and then you look at the 15 to 20 bucket up where you have um, Tony Pollard, just 7% of his matches going beyond 20 points, um, just 4% for Montgomery. Mm. But the biggest difference I would say is that between 15 to 20, Tony Pollard gets 22% of his matches. Montgomery gets just 13. So more upside for Pollard, significantly more downside for David Montgomery. That said though, I do think we need to take a little closer look here. So Tony Pollard against the Eagles, you see backs like him scoring in 50% of games as rushers. Uh, whereas Montgomery, and of course, you know, the touchdowns are really going to be his calling card, 40%. Um, so, you know, fairly similar lines, but I think what we saw was that Pollard just had more players that kind of hit towards the top end. Um, so if- to, to add, to add to that, Tony Pollard has scored a touchdown 
uh, in three straight contests now after having a little bit of a, a midseason lull there. Yep. Um, I'm going to pull him up just his in the game splits app just to see what he's historically done against Philly as well um, in the past couple of years anyway. Yeah, so we we have seen Pollard trending in the right direction. Um, I it's think actually underperformed versus Philly. Yep. Um, and we know Philly's susceptible to the pass. Um, let me let me check another tool on Monty here because this is a, I mean this is a tough one. I I don't think just because the GLSP has mm-hmm. Pollard with more ceiling that we should ignore right uh, Mont- Montgomery's potential ceiling uh because he's obviously had you know plenty of ceiling games you know it's uh, easy to think that though but if you actually look at the progress of their season we had one really big week in week four for montgomery uh but overall pollard has had more big games if you will than montgomery and in recent games tends to have the advantage when you're looking um well i guess the last okay last three weeks so, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking here where the Bears have been susceptible to running backs has clearly been in the receiving mm-hmm. uh, category. Uh, 31st uh, in rushing yards allowed over the past five weeks, 29th in rushing attempts. However, third most receptions and number, and they've allowed the most receiving yards to opposing backs. That screams Jameer Gibbs, not David Montgomery. Let's go Pollard. Yep, I like it. Lock it in. All right. Man, that was fast and furious. Yeah, we did. So we actually had this question come in, which we answered via a different question. This was actually the first question that made its way in tonight. Um, When we hit that, so we hit that. Yeah. Well, I think that we already answered it because it was we already had to look at Hall and Mitchell in comparison. Oh, we did on on Whitaker's question. You're right. Yep. Uh, Yep. Yep. Well, that's great. Oh, we've got one more. Okay, so David realizes he got his question uh, answered, and he threw another one in here. So we, we've got to get him on here. Oh, definitely. Noah Brown or Brevin Jordan. It's a, it's two PPR uh, premium for tight ends. Um, my gut goes Noah Brown here. Uh, we would need to see something pretty interesting on Brevin Jordan's GLSP. It's actually a pretty decent outlook, too, from a passing game matchup rated perspective for Noah Brown. Uh, yeah, and this we week have as take- well. You don't have Tank exactly. Dell, and Noah Brown looked really good when they were missing one of their receivers uh, in that stint over the past month. So I'm kind of yeah. leaning that that it, direction here. We do need actually, to double. We need to double Brevin Jordan's reception projection here, though, Dave. Yep. Um, even though, like, absent of the fact that you're trying to make a decision here, Noah Brown's actually just a decent option in general. I would say. So Brevin Jordan averages 1.6 receptions. Um, not enough to really move the needle on this in any way. I think I would actually feel pretty decent about playing Noah Brown this week. Uh, matchup yep. Raider perspective. It looks like a decent contest for him. Hopefully you get a little bit of uptick in targets. I think that he actually could be a sneaky play for teams that are in need this week. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. That's clear. Uh, that is a clear recommendation. That's what we strive to do here. So um, Dave, any other, Oh, oh. We got one more. They're trickling in. This is the last one, guys. We got kickoff. We got kick uh, kickoff coming here. Okay. All right, Mike McBride's on by. So, do we want Najoku or Najoku? Or, I'll, or, I'll I'll plug Njoku. it in here. But from what I've seen with uh, the outlook for Njoku this week, and everybody knows that I love Gerald Everett. It looks definitely. Oh, yeah. I say that, but it's actually a decent. <laughs> my boy uh-huh. Gerald Everett comes through. But listen, I mean, it's fairly close. I think that I would be more inclined still. I'm just going to punch in Everett here. Curtis, you can give any thoughts if you have while I do a quick look up here. Oh, my God. Actually, sorry. 
Half of Everett's matches finding the end zone. No, I, I don't think I'm going to let it sway me too much. Over the course of the season, I think you're better off if you've been playing with Njoku, and I think that's probably where we should stick. I think that's the right advice. Yeah, I mean, Njoku's been way more involved in his offense, so I, I agree with that. Neither one is a, a home run pick, uh, that's to be sure. Okay. Well, uh, oh, and uh, Whitaker says, go Bucks." Noting the hat here. Appreciate that, man. Looks like we got Travion back for one more year uh, here in Columbus, so that'll be fun. We'll talk about that. Hopefully you have $2 million to spend, maybe plus on a new quarterback. Cause, uh, I, might, I, might have, I might have donated. Yeah. Um, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. I've, got to, I've got to win Best Ball Mania now so I can keep, uh, so I can keep Travion and get a new, <laughs> new quarterback. Right. All right. Well, Dave, thanks for manning the GLSP controls. Uh, as always, we are thankful for the tools we've got here at rotaviz.com to help us make these tough decisions. Thank you for the great questions tonight and best of luck in your matchups in week 14. We'll be back for some playoff edition start sit next week. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.